Hola, friend. You are listening to episode 24, How to Craft the Perfect Set List. Hola, I'm Melissa B. Cartwright, voice and performance coach and Latin creative with over 20 years of professional singing experience and encouraging others to do the same. I believe that both mental and vocal preparation is key to creating confident performing artists. You'll hear stories and advice from me and my guests that will make you think, it'll make you laugh, but most importantly, it will make you walk away saying, phew, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, y bienvenido to Cafecito with the Coach. It is so good to spend this time with you, mi corazón, mamacita, papacito, for another cafecito. There's a lot going on in my world. In fact, I am about to head out of town for almost a month to do a show that I cannot wait to tell you more about. This is a super huge artistic adventure for me. I could not do this without the support of my hubby and my kids who were like, mom, go, it'll be fine because it does involve some travel. It involves me taking the studio, taking the podcast on the road. And like I said, I cannot wait to share more with you. It's going to be so exciting. Exciting. Now, back a few episodes ago, in episode 21, I think, Surviving a Four Hour Gig, I talked about the importance of crafting a set list that supports you for such a big vocal load. And I said, well, maybe I should make a podcast episode about how to craft a set list. And since then, you've been asking for it. <laughs> and some of you have been like, okay, Mel, where's that episode? This is it. So maybe you're someone who just got booked for your first gig. That's awesome. Congratulations. And you have no idea where to begin. Maybe you have been gigging regularly, but this is the first time that you're in charge of putting the music together, whether it's for you, whether it's for your band. So I'm going to give you my three-step process, if you will, that works for me and that has worked for some of the singers who either busk or have a contract and get paid regularly to perform in live shows. So this might be a good one if you're on a walk or a jog or in the car, maybe, um, you know, push pause or re-listen to this when you're in a place where you can maybe jot down a few notes, because I think you're going to want to keep this one so that you make something that feels like you, that you can have fun with, and that also engages your audience. So let's talk about the very beginning, right? Like actually choosing the songs. Sometimes this feels (laughs) like a blank canvas moment, like I don't know where to begin. So I'm going to ask you three questions, basically, that will sort of jog your creative juices, get them flowing, and start getting all those ideas in your head that are swirling onto paper, onto a document, something where you can start chipping away at the library of songs that you are going to choose. So First, think about the songs that you actually do enjoy. Let's not make it so complicated. What songs energize you? Yeah? Do you have songs that you're emotionally attached to? Songs that just really, really, really feel good when you sing, okay? We don't need to worry about so much like showing off our vocals just yet. Let's just start there. Songs that you just absolutely adore, okay? Then 
Let's make another list of songs that actually feature your strengths. So you may have some duplicates from the first column, right, that are going to make it into the second. So things like, um, don't just think about what's easy to sing, but, you know, does it demonstrate your vocal range? Um, are you a good riffer, right? Does it, does it showcase your agility, your tone? What do you bring to the song that may be different from someone else's version. Yeah. So that first column, songs that we just absolutely love, not overthinking it, getting a little bit more specific in the second column with songs that really do feature and showcase what you're good at. Then in this third column, let's think about songs that make sense for your audience. So for instance, uh, if you get hired at a honky-tonk bar in Nashville, chances are you're not going to sing a Barbra Streisand jazz standard, are you? <laughs> That you may have someone in the audience that, you know, has a very eclectic musical taste, but just, you know, it might not make sense for that venue, right? So are you singing genres that fit the event's atmosphere or theme? Also think about the demographic of your core audience, okay? Are you singing at a family-style Italian restaurant, for instance? You know, that's going to be different than that honky-tonk bar, you know, 21 and over at 10 o'clock at night? Um, are you singing, you know, in a Latin music festival, which is a lot of what I do in, in those spaces because I'm a Latin pop artist. So I have to think about my audience. So hopefully those three columns, you'll either see lots of duplicates or some new titles, but hopefully that starts building your library of songs that you will want to perform. You know what? I'm gonna throw in a fourth column. Those wish list songs, yeah? Maybe these are songs that you are actively learning right now, or you've never really had a space or an opportunity to perform them, right? There's songs that you kind of look at and you're like, oh, someday I want to do that. Start making that list as well. I actually started doing this recently for myself and found that in the last three months, once I started making the wish list pile, basically, I was given opportunities to do those songs. So whether, I mean, it, I guess you could call it like a manifesting thing. I don't know, but you, go ahead and write them down, write them down. Cause you'll be surprised that doors will open up for you to do those songs. Now that you have your pile of songs, we've got to think about timing. Yeah. So how long were you booked for? 30 minutes, a two hour set, a three hour set that can get a little tricky. So when you're calculating your set list, okay, and this is the first time you've ever done this, you are not calculating three hours worth of music with no breaks. That's just bananas. And I'm going to stop right now and I'm not going to make any assumptions, but if you have come to an agreement or you've signed a contract that does not allow for any breaks for you as the singer, oh, mi amigo, okay, mayday. Go back, <laughs> revisit that contract, renegotiate. You need to calculate your breaks in a song, okay? For a three-hour gig, I mean, I always take a break at the top of the hour, basically, you know? And some, sometimes I'll, I'll do like a five-minute break, a 10-minute break, depending on the demands that I have for what I'm going to sing. So when you're calculating your three-hour set list, you are calculating music and breaks total. So make sure that's in your contract. If not, push pause, 
go ahead and do that now. <laughs> go ahead and revisit, have some conversations. You will need those water breaks, those voice breaks as well. Let me give you an example of a two-hour gig, okay? So a 30-minute set is roughly around six to eight songs, of course, depending on the length of each song. So if you've negotiated a 10-minute break within your set, it might look a little something like this. Let's say you're performing, you start performing at 7 o'clock. So from 7 to about 7.55 p.m., you might be doing roughly 13 to 14 songs in your set list. Then you take your 10-minute break from 7.55 to 8.05, and then you start singing again at 8.05 to 9 o'clock, another 13 to 14 songs. Again, give or take a few, depending on the length. Also, depending on if you're going to say a few words before you sing a song, all that has to be calculated, okay? So that's just a little mock setup of what a two-hour set might look like. And here's the thing, here's what I want you to go ahead and start practicing, which I find incredibly helpful when I'm creating the set list for my next gig. Do a set list audit, meaning after the gig is over, if there were songs that you skipped over, you omitted, you ended up adding, document that, right? Because for instance, if there were songs that you left out of your set list because you didn't have time for them, or you felt like the audience wasn't going to jive, so you, you know, you, you pivoted in the middle of the set, save those and bank those for the next set list and don't create extra work for yourself, right? Especially if, like if it's a recurring contract that you have at the same venue, you've already started creating the next set list because you can start with those songs that you didn't use. Imagine your performance week feeling grounded and filled with celebration instead of chaos, stress, and wait until the last minute anxiety. My new seven days to the stage journal is here to make that happen. Get ready to shine with tips and support for your mental, vocal, stage, and logistical preparation. Download your free journal when you sign up for my Notes of Encouragement newsletter at mbcperformance.com. So now that you have your library of songs and then you know which songs are going to go into the list, let's talk about what order to put them in. Yeah. And you can use this sliding scale that I like to use based on tempo and mood. We're going to give each song, um, we're going to rate it one through five. One being very, very slow in mood or tempo. Five being the complete opposite, right? Really fast or really intense in emotion. So let's say that your opening song is about a three or four on your scale, you know, depending on what's on your list. And then let's think of your entire set list uh, like a U, right? Like a, let's call it a smiley face <laughs> in tempo and scale. So your first couple of songs, right, might be a three or a four, like I mentioned in intensity. About halfway through, you might start sprinkling some of those ones and twos. And then as you're rounding out your set list, you might end with more fours and fives. Okay. That's just one example of how your emotional and energy arc can go in your performance. But again, this is really dependent <laughs> on the intentions that you already thought about at the beginning with you know, getting to know your audience, your venue. What's the point? Are you doing a wedding? Is this just a 30-minute little busking gig you're doing at an arts festival? See what I'm saying? That can, that can vary a lot. 
all high energy, you know, because of the type of venue you're performing at. Giving you that you as an example, but maybe you want it to be. And I'm going to do it with an, a real life example. This was actually from one of my clients. She did a 30 minute busking set list with six songs. And this is how she rated them. Okay. The first one was Hideaway by Grace Vanderwall. So that was kind of her three, like a nice little, you know, rhythmic opener. Then she did Count on Me by Bruno Mars, which she rated at a two. She did Perfect Crime by Olivia Rodrigo. That was definitely her one. She wanted that one, you know, very much in the middle <laughs> because she was about to bring the energy back up with a fan favorite, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Then she's a Disney fan. And this was this event that she was performing at was very family friendly. It was a festival. So she did Waiting on a Miracle from Encanto. She's also, you know, a musical theater nerd too. So she wanted to highlight some of that. And then she ended her set list at like, I would call this song, not just a five, but like a five plus Daydreaming by Paramore, which she had just recently performed at another place. And that was a song that she just absolutely loved. And if I had her on this podcast, maybe next time I will, you know, she will say this was a combination of me thinking of songs that I really absolutely love, songs that really show off my voice and songs that just feel good. And after the performance, she realized she we, we went back and audited her set list she realized which ones had the most crowd response right like people sing along because it was familiar or they were bopping their heads and which ones were just kind of like eh. and not just based on audience reaction just based on her own experience too like you know what yeah maybe I'll just save that one for another time or I don't know if I'll put it in the next set list this is the beauty of giving you autonomy but this is also you know, for people who like to have a plan, like I'm one of those people, sometimes it's also the what's difficult, right? About like, oh my gosh, I've been given so much freedom to put this together. What do I even do? So hopefully you don't feel like that anymore. Hopefully you have a boost of confidence to know, okay, even as Melissa was talking, my brain was already swirling with ideas. So my friend, if you found this to be helpful, please let me know. Rate the podcast. Let me know in the comments. Send me a message over on Instagram. Tell me where you're gigging, what you're doing next, what you're up to, and go get on that stage and perform with passion. For more information about how to begin your performance journey, visit mvcperformance.com. Hasta la próxima.